Hello, this is Dwayne Golden, your host of SED Stories, and I'm delighted to be here today with a special guest, a special guest that gives me, uh, excites me about the hope for sickle cell disease, not just in the state of Pennsylvania, but worldwide. As I see what's happening amongst the next generation, who just only 30 years ago was expected to not only have a life expectancy that would go beyond the age of 30, but it's beyond that. We are seeing great strides, but it's like the next young pioneers. If you haven't seen so, just a few weeks ago, we had the Williams family on. And we had the young Frederick, who's going to become a journalist and has so many things in front of him. He's so wise as he presented his plan for the future. Well, you're going to find over the next few months, several of our guests are going to be uh, of the next general ge generation of the millennials. And you're going to find out exactly why we have a better world coming. And today is no different. Today, you'll get to hear from Tawena Williams. Tawena, in the Pittsburgh area, is kind of a pioneer herself as a mother of a 16-year-old and a, a uh, what I consider an advocate for the sickle cell community is doing great things at the same time while simultaneously managing motherhood of her young son. But let's talk to her. Let's find out what this is all about after we hear a word from our sponsors. Mohammed is sort of a nice brother. Well, he's sort of the best brother ever in the whole world. <laughs> because he gave me bone marrow. His bone marrow. My brother Mohammed. Mm, I might want to change that world to the universe. Muhammad is the best brother in the whole wide universe. <laughs> Muhammad is sort of a nice brother. Well, he's sort of the best brother ever in the whole world. <laughs> because he gave me bone marrow. His bone marrow. My brother Muhammad. Mm, I might want to change that world to the universe. Muhammad is the best brother in the whole wide universe. <laughs> So we're here. We're back. We're here with Tawena Williams, and we get to find a little bit about her. Tawena, how you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm fantastic. I, I find it a delight to be here with you, as I've learned from some of your colleagues there in Pittsburgh, all about you, that, you, that you're there and the kind of things you're doing. So tell me. I want you to tell, let everyone know. So first of all, you have a child that has sickle cell disease. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. I have a 16-year-old son. 16-year-old son. What's your son's name? His name is Najir. Najir. All right. And um, so that's interesting. So at what point of time were you were you told that he has uh, sickle cell disease? And um, about what age was he? And tell us about that experience. Um, so Najir actually found out at birth um, that he has sickle cell disease. Um, it was kind of weird and unique for me because Najir is also a twin um, in which Najir is the only one who has sickle cell disease. His twin sister um, actually only has trait. Um, so we've known since he was born um, that, you know, he had sickle cell disease. Um, but, you know, we just continue to make strides. And remember that he makes the disease. He don't let it make him. 
Yes, that's, that's fantastic. That's one of the reasons why I mentioned earlier, I think I consider you like a champion as we hear more about your story. It's already challenging being a parent anyway. And yeah. it's, it's even more <laughs> challenging when you have twins without sickle cell or the trait. And so when you tie these things together, it's, there's a whole lot that has to happen from your end of the spectrum. And so if you're hearing this today, note that yes, um, sickle cell disease is not unique in that it affects it and, and impacts a family, but it is very unique in that is one of the most underrepresented disorders uh, in the United States as we look at funding and things of that source. And then as, from an awareness standpoint, although it's claimed to be the number, number one blood hereditary disease in the nation, it's one of the least funded and it impacts so many people. Here's what's interesting about that to me. When you hear twins, we think of genetics. We think of the fact that if it's a twin, well, clearly they both must have it. Well, that's if they're identical. With fraternal twins, it's completely different. And I'm sure that as a parent now, you have to divide yourself because you have twins. You already have to do that. What was it like for you when you realized, I have to love both my children. This one, I love differently because of his uh, sickle cell disease. And then at the same time, not lose sight or make, have the other one feel less love because I have to divide that up. Tell me, tell us all about the challenge of that, um, Tawana, and what that was like for you. Um, I mean, I was a young mom, so yeah. I don't think there was a, a handbook um, that really told me what to do and what not to do. All mm -hmm. I knew is that I loved them equally. Um, so, you know, as they begin to grow, you know, my mom always raised us as, you know, your siblings is sometimes all you're going to have eventually here on this earth. Um, and y'all always have to stick together. Um, so that was my motto with my own kids, you know, teaching my daughter the things to look out for and the things to do and make sure her brother was good and all the rest of that. So she never felt excluded, but yet included. And that's just how we live our lives. So what you're hearing today is there's always a different family dynamic that affects how a person responds to the diagnosis, whether they have the sickle cell themselves or whether they're a parent. And here you're hearing it again. One of the things that assisted Duena as a young mother was the family dynamic of, hey, look, I grew up and was raised to make sure we're family, we're blood. That's all we have if we have nothing else. And she got a chance to demonstrate that with her own children. I'll have you know that you are the third in the last 30 days that I met who either have uh, a set of uh, twins where fraternal, where one has the disease and the other doesn't, but you're also, um, uh, you're one of one of the people that either ha are the parent or one of the twins. So I'm encouraged that as a parent of three children, here I thought I was overwhelmed and couldn't handle it. I'm learning about so many inner strengths that we as human beings have, and I'm proud of you for what you were able to do as a young mother, and yet at the same time, uh, raising a young man to be a positive contributor to society in spite of the challenges that he has to um, adhere to or, or deal with. Can you do me a favor? I'd like, to, I'd like for our listeners to know a little bit more about what those challenges look like. Now, oftentimes... The challenges are usually covered by some of the surface stuff that happens happens to people dealing with sickle cell. I want you to be a little if you if you are as comfortable as you can be, be more transparent with us if you can, and let us know a little bit about some of the challenges involving hospitalizations, what that does to your family when you need to be at home with the others, and yet 
you're dealing with your child, whether it involves stroke, procedures, what's that like? You don't have to go long, but give us a little something so people can understand why they must get on board and help support this community. Um, definitely. Um, for me, I, you know, I was blessed to have a mom that was great um, at the time that my son was growing up. So for me, um, it wasn't no, you know, okay, you got to be home with the kids and you leave him in the hospital. That didn't exist for me. Like, I'm not leaving my son in the hospital, like myself, that's not an option. Um, so fortunately, like I said, I had a mom who, you know, she would keep my other kids and make sure that they came to the hospital, you know, every day um, that we were in there or allowed them to call and talk to him. Um, my son had his first crises before the age of three. Um, we experienced chronic transfusions when my son was two years old um, because they needed to take out his spleen, but yet your spleen is the part of your body that helps fight off infections. And they didn't want to do that prior to being three years of age. Um, so we went through a lot. Um, it was a lot emotionally. Um, it was a lot, you know, even physically, you know, still being able to, you know, work, making sure that you always had a job who understood um, exactly what it was. Um, I was very upfront and transparent from the beginning because guess what? My kids came first. So there was never a thing of, okay, well, I got to pick this job over my kids. Yeah, that's not going to happen and I'll leave and I'm okay with that. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? Like yeah, I, there's yeah. another job, um, you know, I, I had my degree in accounting. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I've always pretty much been a manager in my backing. I've been working since I was 15 years old. So, you know, I had the, um, the resume, so to speak, to back up, you know, what I was doing. So right. that was never a concern for me. And first and foremost, I knew I had God on my side. And with him on my side, there's nothing else that I ever had to worry about. Um, so, you know, getting through those things, you know, they were definitely challenging. Um, it came with some challenges, some, some tears, some, you know, cries, some screams, you know, when the kids yeah. ain't around, you know, all those things, because those are real, you know, those are real things that, you know, as a parent, you never want to watch your child go through something, especially something that you can't help them through. There's nothing you can do, but be there to love and support them and let them know you're there. Um, so those are some of the things, you know, that we've experienced, you know, and it was, it had got so bad, honestly, to the point we would go to children's and they knew, they knew us by name. Um, cause that's how often he was in holidays would come around. Hey, it's time oh, to pack here the bag. Here they come. <laughs> the Williams family. Listen, yeah. Listen, pack the bag. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. birthdays come around. Yeah, let's get the bag ready. You know, yeah. those were our realities. I always used to say children's was my second home. Um, but in that, you know, what I will say is that while those trials and tribulations happened, mm -hmm. they were tests that eventually became our testimony. And it taught me a lot about how to deal with medical staff, how to operate, you know, with employers, how to move and motivate my son to be the best that he could be, regardless of the things that he dealt with on a day to day basis. There's so many dynamics in everything you said, and I love that. You know, there's so many different learning curves that you had to get past or get through and hearing that you're still doing it and doing it well, it's just, it's very encouraging 
as an advocate for the sickle cell community, it's very encouraging as you deal with the dynamics of the medical staff, the dynamics of your having this quote unquote second home while still giving your son hope for his future. It's challenging. You're hearing it right here. This is Dwayne Gold of SED Stories. And what you're hearing is another story about what goes on in the life of the family of someone dealing with sickle cell disease. It is not the stepping stone. I mean, the stumbling block, but it isn't yet the stepping stone for a brighter future in spite of the awareness that exists today, in spite of the lack, lack of funding. Pioneers, troopers like Twain of Williams and others, that's where the difference begins. But here's something you can do to be a trooper. You can donate to sickle cell disease. You can go to donatescd.com or you could use the QR code at the top of my screen. There are things you can do to volunteer and find a way that you can be that difference rather than only hearing about it. But at SCD Stories, we welcome everyone. We want everyone to know that sickle cell disease is not earmarked just for the African-American community. In fact, it's not even color based or restricted. It is geographically based. The human body's defense mechanism against malaria, and you're hearing it right here. Here's years later after migration of many people to the United States from other areas. Now it is pretty re relatively prevalent here as it is in other parts of Europe and other countries near the Mediterranean as well. So we're hearing from Dwayne Williams. This is Dwayne Golden. And we're going back to ask a few questions and learn a little bit more about this pathway, Twaina. I've heard about you, but now let's get a little bit more of the perspective that your son has at 16 years old. Is he just turning 16 this year or is he going to be 17 this year? He's going to be 17 this year. Going to be 17. Wow. So, yeah. as a mother, there may be some challenges he experiences that he may not share with you because you're his mother. As, as young, young men or young women, something you just keep to yourself, right? <laughs> but there are some Absolutely. you are aware of, right? And I want to talk about right. that. Tell us about some of the challenges you may have had to experience because of... Uh, being in the school district, and they can't really identify with this thing of sickle cell because it's kind of blind. There's no way of knowing if they're really in pain or not. Where are some of the challenges that come with that? Trying to not over-mother your child and yet be his champion and guardian at the same time to ensure that he is protected. Tell us a little bit about that. Um, so, yeah, we went through a lot with school. Um, when Najir was younger, he used mm. to like act out. <laughs> and I used to be like, wait, what's going on? Like, why is he acting out? Why is he doing this? I, I guess you could say I'm a strict mom. Mm -hmm. At least that's what my kids say. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's like, no, we don't settle for this. Respect's a must. You know, mm -hmm. values and morals is a must. You know, all of those things are a must. So what's going on? And here, what we didn't know, well, what I didn't know at the time was sickle cell affects the brain as well. So it just so happened that, you know, again, me learning and growing, yeah. I'm in this disease at five years old. You know, I had him had a neuropsych test done and we found out that, no, he was struggling. He just didn't know these things, but I never knew. So that's why he was acting out because he didn't understand what was going on. So guess what? I'm going to have fun and I'm going to be the class clown mm -hmm. and I'm going to do all these other things, you know, in the process. Um, so, you know, I had to go through that process, which was a long process, you know, 
of, you know, getting the neuropsych test, being able to, you know, take that test to the school and now have a 504 set up and now get an IEP set up. And then guess what? I also had to hold my son back. Because he wasn't ready for the next level. And well, that before was you, before you finish, stopped. though, before you finish, because I'm okay with the alphabet. When a lot of acronyms comes up, I think of our, our listeners and our viewers. Tell us about this IAP, double ZPR, uh, you, were, <laughs> you were mentioning earlier. And I, don't, I'm, I don't mean to joke around like that, but just so people can have really identify with what you mean. Right. So that's an individualized education plan mm -hmm. um, that you know, is done for kids and all types of kids. It's not just among sickle cell, you know what I mean? But it's yeah. something that's there for kids that have a learning disability that needs additional supports and help within the school. Um, so that was something, you know, that we went through and created um, mm -hmm. for him so that he could get the supports and helps that he needed. Um, but when we talk about, you know, what he went through, imagine he's a twin. Right. And now... His twin is moving on to first grade and he's still in kindergarten. Yeah. That came with some challenges. That came with some emotional um barriers. That came with some things of having for him as a kid to have to understand and get tired of people asking, Oh, well, how's that your twin? And you're in second grade and she's in third, or you know, different things like that. And then even being able to build that young man up. To understand it, listen, this is who you are and it's okay. And yes. we will support you in whatever it is. And guess what? This is just something you need. You're so hearing we're it. Gonna do what You're hearing it. And I trust that you get it. You can uh, join me in cheering Twaina on and what she's doing, but also cheering in Najir, cheering him on because as you're talking, I'm listening. And yes, even a young man without sickle cell must be built up, right? And we do know the challenges of having siblings and feeling like the whole world's moving on and you're not, but yes, that balance is needed. And then finally, I want to just mention this, that, hey, if you're the mother and new at this and you don't know the impact that it has neurologically on your child, for those of you, the reason we need increased awareness and increased funding is because there's so much that very few know, and no wonder it's overlooked. No wonder often this affects not just education, but employment and other things. And you must know about it if we're going to be a difference. So, Tawana, boy, you really are enlightening. And I'm sure as some of our mothers who are watching this hear you, they can not only empathize, but they also with me cheer you on. Well, with Najir now approaching 16, it's beyond the second and third grade. Now we're looking at the challenges around the sports world and some of the other things around uh, being a young man in general. We have the instincts and the testosterone to involve ourselves in the things that will allow us to use up some of that energy and some of that um, internal chemical balance, right? And so I bring that up to you. What are some of the challenges around that for you? Is, it, is he able to participate in some of these sports? And if so, what do you have to curtail to make it feasible so he doesn't hurt himself. And if he can't, there's a whole uh, uh, psychological side that he has to deal with now because I want to and I feel it inside, but I can't without hurting myself. Tell us about that. All right. So um, with Najir, um, again, we kind of, um, I'm, I'm blessed to say that we defeat some of the odds. 
Yes. Um, Najir's been playing tackle football, not even just flag, um, since he was five years old. Um, he actually did take a break um, mm-hmm. right around preteen age um, mm-hmm. because what some people may not know is with sickle cell, when they become teenagers and the hormones start to get imbalanced and blood flows different and everything else, it can affect them differently. Um, it can make the disease worse. It can make it better. It can stay the same. And for Najir, it got worse. Um, and I had to have that difficult conversation with him that, son, we can't just have it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, Either mm-hmm. you're going to be on the team and be able to push through, or if it's too much, we got to let this go. And if it's for you, it'll come back. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm blessed to say, you know, that in some of that pushing forward that has taught my son, you know, to persevere and how to deal with some of those, you know, crises and some of that pain that still comes. But how do we get over it? Because now this is you. This is your test. This is your testimony. This is your life. How do we still live a life and still have those challenges? Well, guess what? Now it's time to embrace those challenges and make a difference with them. Um, so I'm happy to say that Niger, going on 17 years old, um, is playing varsity football um, for his school district. Um, and he's been playing um, for the past two years in high school. Wow. Um, this will be his third year. So, okay. yeah. Um, okay. Now, I'm a lover of football. <laughs> right. And so I did, hey, I just, I used to coach it. My kids coached it and played it and all kinds of stuff. But I want to get down the turkey on this because for our listeners, I want them to note that sickle cell disease impacts each individual that possesses it differently. And there are different versions of it. So when you hear on this series, that some may be able to play sports, you know, cheer that on. Some may not be able to because of the type that they have and their body type and their HLA typing is different. So understand that. We can sit here and be excited with you that he's able to do that and do understand that there are others who struggle even working because of previous strokes and things like that. So it's my job to make sure that our, our listeners here, there's another reason for that awareness. Maybe you coach a sport. And some one of your children, one of your kids have sickle cell. You can understand that. Hey, they they need to be pushed too, but you need to be aware of there are things you can do that can put their life in jeopardy. So there's some things around that. Listen to the parents, listen to the child. Now that you have broke that down for us so uh, eloquently, eloquently, um, it's interesting to me as I hear this. I mean, I don't. I'm certain I was not nearly as strong as you when I was your age. Uh, you truly are a champion in my book. And I'm guessing it may be a Williams thing. You're like the fourth Williams person I've met in the last <laughs> month. And all are troopers and strong and drivers. And it's exciting. Now, I think I have some Williams in the family line somewhere, so we could be cousins. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. But I'm encouraged right. about what you're doing and the influence. And to note that you don't just do this as a mother. You don't just do this as an advocate, but your employment has something to do with sickle cell as well, correct? That is correct. I work for the Children's Sickle Cell Foundation of Pittsburgh. The Children's what? Children's Sickle Cell Foundation of Pittsburgh. Okay. And what do you do there if you don't? We'd love for everyone to know what it is that you do. 
Um, so I'm actually a community health worker. So not okay. only do I live and breathe it in my own life, but I deal with families living and breathing it in their lives too and help to strive to make it better for them. What an encouragement. So you're telling me that if I lived in Pittsburgh and my child or myself, if I dealt with sickle cell, I can counter that someone who already has experiences with the disease with their own child who can properly empathize, can act on my behalf. That's a wonderful thing. I can tell Absolutely. you, Tuena, today, I'm expecting that our listeners will understand the dynamics of sickle cell disease even greater because of our interaction together. And there's a lot to be learned by what your experiences are. And certainly sometime before the year is up, I'd like to actually have you back to find out a little bit more about what's happening here. And with your permission, of course, I'd like to have both you and uh, Najir or, or Najir by himself, if you if you feel comfortable allowing him to do that. There are a lot of youngsters who have sickle cell that need to know that for some of them, that option of tackle football is available to them. We do know that Tiki Barber, who was a lot of us who love football, who are older, he's one of our favorite guys, right? Um, and yet, as a running back, we it's interesting to note that Tiki Barber, I'm just finding out in 2020 that he has sickle cell. There are some actors and others who, uh, and musicians and many people who have moved on to make sure that they didn't stop because of it, and yet they use it to in influence them. Hearing from your son would do that. So I'd love to invite you back and if you would allow him where myself and my co-host would gladly interview. And what would make this interview really great, I believe, is our co-host, who you'll hear from in just a few weeks, is 17 himself and his last name is Williams. How about that? <laughs> and he's not related. <laughs> so as we prepare to conclude this interview, my name is Dwayne Golden and you're listening to SED Stories. Wherever you are, we want you to note, whether you're on podcasts or you're watching it live from a stream, that if you do a sickle cell, you are cared for. Whatever your challenges are, subscribe. Go to sedstories.com and you can subscribe where, in fact, if you have anything that you may be challenged with, no matter where you are, if there's something we can do, you can let us know. We'll try to point you in the right direction. Otherwise, you can stay tuned for updates. Now, for our viewers and listeners who are looking to find out what you can do, you wouldn't even believe it, the difference that even $5 would make in the livelihood of someone dealing with sickle cell in a post-COVID environment. But anything is welcome because we put it to use so that the people who are impacted by it can actually have the proper advocacy. Now, as we come back to our guest, and before we say goodbye, is there anything that you would love for our listeners to know about you or Najir, or just about sickle cell itself, that um, that we can keep in our mind until the next time we're back. Um, my advice would just be to stay strong. Again, understand that you know it's just your test, and eventually it'll be your testimony. Um, you know, it's it is tough. Um, I by no means. Um, try to ever like shed too much light like it's just this easy thing no yes. it's absolutely tough um but understand that it is a thumbprint disease we love to say that at you know the children's sickle cell foundation it's a thumbprint disease so it affects everyone differently just like everyone has that thumbprint do not allow the things in the media on social media 
um, on the internet, you know, even some of the things that the doctors may say, just to inform you, allow it to direct your path. Because while it's information, again, that might not apply to you. Um, so, you know, one thing that me and my family does is we, we try whatever and we check it off. If it don't work, we never try that again. Right. But if it works, guess what? We allow it, we use it and we keep on moving with it. Um, so just stay empowered, stay encouraged and, you know, just continue to live life and don't be ashamed of who you are because of something you have. Again, you make the disease. Don't let it make you. Thank you so much, Tuena. Lesson, you've heard it right here. Don't be discouraged. Don't you let it redirect your path. You can move forward. Whether you are battling with sickle cell disease today or you have other challenges in your life, know that there are people out here who care and can assist you in having a difference. Today, it may be for you that sickle cell disease needs attention. Well, we believe that you should be able to count on an entity or a community somewhere. So we put ourselves out here as SCD Stories. Subscribe. Subscribe today at scdstories.com. Now, for those who are looking to find out what you can do, no matter what it is, it is welcome. Whether it's $5 or $500, it doesn't matter. The funds are going towards the use of assisting families in overcoming these challenges towards research as well as adult and childhood care. So... This is Dwayne Gold once again in SED Stories. God bless you. Thank you for being with us. Until next time, thank you, Tawana. Thank you for being with us. Take care. Thank you. Take care.